by way of review, uh, two weeks ago, we we're talking about wisdom. And this is from wisdom uh, from the book of Proverbs. And I'm getting into this because this relates to verse four. This kind of flows into verse four, four very nicely, this discussion on wisdom. So wisdom from above is heavenly. We looked at that. It's God-given. His, his wisdom is understanding. It's knowledge, discernment, soundness, uprightness, integrity, righteousness, divine equity, justice, security, life for our souls, and courage. I just got those from, you know, Proverbs three through three through eight. It's, it's all in there. Um, and James three seventeen said that heavenly wisdom is first pure. And then from purity, it is peace, peaceable, gentle, reasonable, full of mercy and good fruits, unwavering and without hypocrisy. Um, it's more precious than gold, silver and jewels. Uh, it says this in Proverbs, it's healing to the body, God's wisdom, wisdom from above. It's refreshing to the bones in Proverbs 3, 8. It's pleasant to the soul, and it leads to sweet sleep. So if no. maybe you give up your melatonin. And read <laughs> hey, yeah. Amen. That's amen. from uh, <laughs> Proverbs 3, 24. Um, uh, wisdom... Uh, personified as a woman and you see that uh, i just had these visions of these pictures of <laughs> this woman wisdom in my head and so that's what i got <laughs> and that's her on the left there she calls out to the naive from the tops of the heights of the city and she says forsake your folly and live her paths lead to life um it wisdom it's really christ wisdom it ends in christ wisdom from above uh we see in matthew 12 42 christ himself talking speaking the queen of the south that's the queen of sheba will rise up with this generation at the judgment and condemn it because she came this queen of sheba came from the ends of the earth to hear the wisdom of solomon and behold, something greater than Solomon is here. So he's saying, here I am right here. I'm standing in front of you. I am wisdom. I am, I am the Christ. I am the Messiah. I'm the son of God. I'm, I'm God incarnate. And I have this wisdom. I'm greater than Solomon. And you people who I'm talking to, you don't recognize that. And there is this queen, the queen of Sheba, who traveled distances all the way to hear Solomon speak. So, you know, what's your, what's your excuse, uh, you Pharisees? So wisdom for that's wisdom from above. Here's earthly wisdom. And, uh, okay, here she is. Um, uh, these, uh, uh, that's right. These, uh, I took this photo in Telluride uh, about a week. <laughs> <laughs> How long ago? <laughs> we, used to, we used to have row houses, you know, here in this town. <laughs> uh, so that's what they were for. You can imagine. Um, earthly wisdom is earth, earthly, natural, and demonic, says in James 3.15. Um, she's an adulteress with flattering words, calling out to the naive from her street corner 
and it mentions this in Proverbs. It's always from the streets. So that's mm-hmm. where, that's why that woman there is calling out from the street street level. Her lips drip honey, and smoother than oil is her speech. She's a harlot, cunning of heart, boisterous, rebellious, a seductress. So that's a pretty good illustration photo, isn't it, of that? I think I got the right one. Um, her path is the way to death, this earthly wisdom that James talks about in 3.15. Um, so here we are at James 4.4, and we'll just touch on this this morning. So it says, you adulteresses, do you not know that friendship with the world is hostility toward God? Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Um, so we see that uh, those who make friends with the world, they, they fall into a, a honey trap. Um, and that when they fall into that trap, then they're at enmity or they're opposed to God. Um, in the King James, it adds the words, the word adulterers. So the, mm-hmm. the, the masculine, it adds that word, but you should cross that out because it's, it's not in the original. It's adulteresses. It's, it's feminine. Why is so it? even though we're all, uh, we're all men, yes, oh, well, us men, I'm talking to you men. And myself included, uh, we're adult. Uh, we're adulteresses, is what we are. So that's a that's a kind of a switcheroo because women have the old man, and us men are here in this verse are adulteresses. Uh, so what is the world, uh, the cosmos system? Um, and I'll go back to what I've given uh, in studies past this Luce Bear Schaefer's definition because uh, it's really good. The cosmos is a vast order or system that Satan has promoted, which conforms to his ideals, that's Satan's ideals, his aims and his methods. It is a civilization now functioning right now apart from God. The system embraces godless governments, conflicts, armaments, and jealousies. It's education, culture, religions, morality, and pride. It is the sphere of in which man lives. All mankind on this earth live in the sphere of the cosmos. It is what he sees, what he employs. To the uncounted multitude, it is, it is all they ever know, so as long as they live on this earth. So it's the ether, you know, we live in, uh, even us, too, on this earth, uh, the cosmos system. It is properly called or styled the satanic system which phrase is in many instances a justified interpretation of the so meaningful word cosmos um so i put that up there in the second little paragraph of loose bear schaefer's definition see where he says conflicts armaments and jealousies and isn't that interesting because (laughs) up in James 4, 1 through 3, he's talking about the same things. He's talking about quarrels, conflicts, fightings, infightings between people, warring and lusting. So it's, it lines right up with, with uh, the definition of the cosmos or the world. So these Jewish, these Jewish believers, they knew well what this word adulteresses meant. Um, and they knew uh, 
because they were Jewish believers um, early uh, in the history of the church, uh, the Old Testament is all they had. So they knew that they, they knew that Israel was always straying from uh, had a straying history with God, and we'll look at that uh, more as well. You see that um, that exclamation point I put in you adulteresses. Um, and that is that should be there. That's um, is uh, Jim in the class. Who? What? Who? Jim's there, right? Yeah, so yeah Jim, he's there. He has a Holman Study Bible, right, Jim? Oh, yeah, Holman Christian Standard Bible. Yeah. Yeah, Holman Christian Standard. Do you have a exclamation? Mark? Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. only the Holman <laughs> puts it in there, but it should be in there. It's um, it's I learned this. It's kind of cool. It's a evocative, uh, vocative case, mm -hmm. the word adulteresses, and that's an exclamation. That's a word, uh, that's a, in that case, it's an exclamation. So it's, sh we should have it in our Bibles, but only, only Jim. We'll defer to him today. <laughs> I just thought that was interesting. Um, Okay, so verse five, James four five, and this is a this is a this is, as I say, it's a tough nut crack. This verse, he says, or do you think that Scripture speaks to no purpose? He jealously desires the Spirit, which He has made to dwell in us. And I could not figure this verse out. I <laughs> I was gonna silently skip over it and uh, <laughs> move on to the others. Which a lot of commentators do. So <laughs> yes, it's not there, right? They didn't notice that. Yeah, they just sort of uh, <laughs> they just sort of move along, right? But something happened. <laughs> the spirit within me this week <laughs> was bothering me. I really wanted to figure this verse out. So I, I well, so we'll see if I did. Maybe you won't agree, but I spent the majority of the study on this verse. Uh, but I, I, because when we get in verse seven, seven through 10 go well together. So we'll study that next week. But this verse is what we'll tackle this, this morning. Um, so I say after fruitless searching, um, I couldn't find, I couldn't find this quote in scripture. He jealously desires the spirit, which he has made to dwell in us. I looked at it, looked in the footnotes. It's, it's, it's not there. And that is strange. So um, it's better to not have it in quotations. It's better to have it as a single quotation and maybe um, in italicized. So he's, James is saying, in effect, um, you, you Jewish believers who are scattered now, and I'm writing to you, you all know perfectly well uh, that the scripture is replete with this, this saying, he jealously desires the spirit which he has made to dwell in. You know that, right? Um, and he's saying, he's saying, are you, are you getting what I'm laying down here? What he's doing, uh, I think, and I'll give you uh, some support for this, is he's, <clears throat> he's not quoting, he's, he's paraphrasing scripture. Um, He's saying, you all know that scripture doesn't speak emptily or without reason. Um, it, it, so scripture speaks for a reason. Um, 
And you, you all know this paraphrase that I'm giving you. Um, and here's the support this um, from, and I found this is in Constable. Constable does address this. Um, he says, well, Sophie S. Law is uh, from her book. She says, in this verse, James, uh, in this verse, James gave scriptural support for what he just asserted in verse four, uh, meaning you are spiritually unfaithful, you're adulteresses, you're a friend of the world. However, James uh, did not quote a particular verse, but evidently summarized the scriptural teaching on God's jealousy. Jealousy, and then she gives the um, she gives the scriptural uh, support for that in the Old Testament, and he basically gives a new statement. Um, so this is from Constable, and he's quoting Sophie Law, who's who's a who's a a woman, which is interesting, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. So I, I guess she's a commentator. Um, and do you notice anything interesting about her first name? Means wisdom. Wisdom. Means, yes. yes. So we must be on the right track this morning. <laughs> <laughs> We're getting our this uh, verse from uh, wisdom herself, Sophie. I guess it's Sophia, right? The actual. <laughs> So we'll we'll look at this. Um, so a lot of commentators just don't cover this, but I, as I, I just was on this, and I, I it must be you know a, a spirit led thing. Who knows? So um, so let's look at these sources that she gives uh, for her argument. Um, here is Exodus twenty five, and in Exodus twenty five. Um, I'm paraphrasing, and, and there I am paraphrasing. See how I put it in a single quote? So I'm paraphrasing. You shall have no other gods before me, nor make for yourself an idol. And this is the quote. This is the actual quote. You shall not worship them or serve, or serve them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of your fathers on the children, on the third and fourth generations of those who hate me. Exodus 25, Exodus 34, 14, for you shall not worship any other God for the Lord, whose name is Jealous, is a jealous God. Have you ever seen, I've never noticed this verse, his name is Jealous. Anyone ever, no. you know, they give you that, there's books about the names of God and things right. like that. Um, I, Elohim and you know, he's mm -hmm. a comforter and he's uh, the Jewish, uh, there's a lot of Jewish names for God, but I've never seen that one. But there it is, and it's uh, jealous. And so it lines up perfectly with what James is saying here, doesn't it? Um, Psalms 84, 2, my soul longed and even learned, yearned for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh sing for joy to the living God. And there you have this yearning, that word yearning. And you see in uh, James 4, 5, he jealously desires the spirit, which he has made to dwell in us. So, and in Psalm 84, and this next, I think I have a next, yes, Psalm 42, 1. <clears throat> I thought this is strange because this is David talking. As the deer pants for the water brooks, 
so my soul pants for you, O God. And everyone knows that verse, very famous. And I always thought David, you know, is he came up with the psalm. But what in the psalms, it's really the spirit of God talking, right? And so it's the spirit longing for uh, God, longing for the Father. Um, and so you have the Father, Son, the Holy Spirit, and they exist in equality, and they, the Spirit longs for them, and, and I'm sure the Father longs for the Spirit and, and things like that. So that's the Spirit of God talking there. And then in Zechariah 8.2, thus the Lord of hosts says, I am exceedingly jealous for Zion. Yes, with great wrath, I am jealous for her. That's Zechariah 8.2. So you see how those line up really well with um, James 4.5 and that, 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 that issue of jealousy. Um, other ways to render verse 5 here is um, that make it more clear is to long for, or, or in the uh, Greek interlinary, it says, to envy yearns the spirit. That's how the interlinary puts mm -hmm. that puts that verse, to envy yearns the spirit. Or you could say, on to envy yearns the spirit. Or you could say, the spirit jealously desires us, or longs enviously for us. Um, and then uh, this constable has the spirit which he made to dwell in us jealously yearns for the entire devotion of the heart. Mm -hmm. um, here's some New Testament uh, support for this for this verse, uh, in which Paul says in 1 Corinthians 6.19, Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God? and that you are not your own. Or 2 Corinthians 6.16, or what agreement has the temple of God with idols? For we are the temple of the living God, just as God said, I will dwell in them, uh, and there is dwelling in us, and walk among them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. He again is quoting the Old Testament. Um, because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father, Galatians 4, 6. There's a yearning. There's a desiring there in that verse. And then isn't that Courtney's favorite verse? Uh, Galatians 4, 6. <laughs> One that he often quotes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, Do not grieve the spirit, the uh, Holy Spirit of God, by whom you are sealed for the day of redemption, Ephesians 4.30. Um, so in, when I was looking at, and this, this is what kind of set me down this little uh, path, this rabbit trail, I guess you'd say, is I couldn't find much on it. So in the footnote of the New American Standard Bible, it has numbers, it's a numbers 23, uh, Numbers 2319, 2319, small footnote. That's all I could find. I read that, and it says, God is not a man that he should lie, nor a son of man that he should repent. He has said, and 
what he has said, and will he not do it? Or has he spoken, and will he not make it good? I thought, well, that that see how that's not a quote of he jealously desires the spirit which he has made to dwell in us, which uh, is set forth as a quote um, in your Bible, but but it's not it's not a quote. So I was like, ah, gee, that's that's not helping me any. But over the course of the study, and I've highlighted this in bold, you see how he says, he has said, and will he not do it? And this is in Numbers 23, 19. Or has he spoken, and will he not make it good? And then if you look at the first part of James 4 uh, and, and, and verse 5, what James says there, or do you not think that Scripture speaks to no purpose? And those line up. Uh, the scripture speaks with a purpose. And then in Numbers 23, 19, uh, it, the B and C part there, it says he speaks with purpose and he doesn't speak emptily or in vain. And then I, and I said, oh, that's why that little footnote is in there. So it's pretty interesting. But it took me a while to come to that um and maybe it's just me but you all would have probably gotten that much faster if you were uh doing this study i suppose <laughs> right um so that's so we're gonna look a bit at this uh, this morning um and and don't worry we'll get through all we'll get to verse 10 by for next by next week that's, <laughs> that's fine andrew that's fine <laughs> okay good 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 it's good to have you back roger too well, thank you thank you it's good uh, to be when you were gone you know <laughs> okay it was just, uh, it's pandemonium i doubt that i doubt it i heard good things i heard good things about while i was gone <laughs> okay so this since it quotes numbers um 23 I looked into this Balaam story, and I always thought the Balaam story that just, um, you know, in my mind was the donkey, right? The talking donkey. And that was sort of the, the thing that I really just always thought about the Balaam story. Um, but it's much more. And, and we'll, we'll look at this this morning in, and then close it out here. But Balaam was a freelance prophet. He, he wasn't an Israelite. He was hired by the king of Moab uh, to curse Israel. There in Numbers 22. Um, he is told by God not to go to the, the, the king of Moab and then give a curse because the king of Moab was trying to pay him to come and curse Israel. Um, but then the, the king of Moab sends back an emissary and or several emissaries and gives them more money. So the, then God says, okay, Balaam, you can go, but only speak my word. <laughs> speak nothing else but my words. Um, and God was angry with, with uh, Balaam. Uh, um, so he, and that's where the donkey comes in. The angel of the Lord stood in the path and the donkey laid down. The donkey, when it, uh, perceive because the angel he saw the angel he saw which i take to be the pre-incarnate christ right right um 
and and the he and the Christ pre-incarnate Christ was going to kill Balaam right there because his he, he was he was angry he was angry for his greed um, and Balak was going to this um, this nation to curse Israel uh, and and yeah you see how that you see some jealous desiring there of, of the spirit of God um, for Israel um, and you compare that to James 4 4 uh, friendship with the world brings hostility from God and boy if the angel of the Lord is standing in your path <laughs> with a sword there's some hostility there isn't there um, so Balaam hopes that he'll be able to go and give a cursing and get paid but <laughs> instead uh, the spirit comes upon him and he utters a blessing um and in numbers 23 8 it says how shall i curse from whom god has not cursed and how can i denounce whom the lord has not denounced and you compare that to um up above to in james uh james 3 uh where is it and he's talking about the tongue let me find it here. I don't have my glasses. Uh, anyway, we'll we'll get there. It's someone look at that verse in the latter part of James three about the cursing okay. and the blessing from the same tongue, right? Three ten. Three ten. Thank, thanks, Miles. Yeah, from the same mouth come both blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not to be this way. And I just kind of saw that comparison there. Uh, and Balaam can go up and issue a, a cursing or a blessing. Um, so, oh, there, there it is. So that with the tongue, we can bless the father and with it, we can curse men. Uh, and that can, uh, that refers well to this Balaam story. And why do I have four nine? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I have okay. three, nine. Three, nine. Three, nine. three nine. Okay. I need to change that reference. <laughs> Yes, okay, so that's why I'm confused here. I'll change that reference before I publish this. So, uh, okay, my brain, uh, let me reset my brain. It's buffering. <laughs> now I'm reset. So three times, Balaam hopes to, for a curse to come out, but three times a blessing comes out instead. <laughs> so the point is, um, the spirit just... Jez is jealously defending Israel in the midst of the king of Moab because the king of the Moab is looking down on them, wanting to attack them, but they're afraid because they're blessed. So um, you see how the spirit of God is is jealous mm -hmm. about Israel there, and he, he defends them. Um, but he's also because right after this, Israel and for reasons you can't fathom, they get with the Midianite women and they they worship Baal. And so God puts 24,000 of them to death for worshiping Baal um, right after this thing. So um, the spirit there is envious for their devotion for Israel. So his wrath is fanned when they uh, embrace Baal and they embrace the world instead of him. Um, 
And so these believers, these people who James is talking to know this, they must know this story really well. Um, and it must be in the forefront of their mind. And that's why James is, he can kind of paraphrase there. And he says, you know what I'm saying here? And they say, yeah, yeah, James, I, I know exactly what you're saying. Um, so the zeal of the spirit and is he fights these spiritual battles for us on our behalf. And it, so I'm requoting here to envy yearns the spirit from the Greek interlinary. And if you think about that, uh, and when Miles uh, was teaching on verse four and verses one through three, and it starts out with in you, in your, in, in your spirit, in, in, in your flesh, internally, you have these, these wars. And you think of uh, Galatians five, is it Galatians five seventeen? The spirit lusts against the flesh and the flesh lusts against the spirit. Um, so that war is going on. And then uh, Miles did a good job last week of saying that bubbles up to the surface. And then uh, on the surface, man to man, woman to woman, we have these quarrels and jealousies and, and infighting and things like that. And so the the spirit is in on that battle, you know, at Galatians uh, 5.17. He's doing that, that lusting against the flesh. And he's also, I think, involved in the, he's also defending us and, and trying to move us away from being an, an adulteress to the, the world here, just as he did with Israel there in the desert before they entered the promised land. So that was the my little dissertation on verse five, uh, and that's what I was just struggling with. But um, that's how it came out. But I think it, it makes it really clear. Hopefully, yeah, yeah. In parallel to what you just said, um, mm -hmm. the verse says here, and in, in, as you well, I, I don't see it now. You went to six, but oh, okay. Yeah, I'll go back. The uh, that he jealous desires the spirit which he has made to dwell in us uh, that like in quotes there remember James is the half-brother of our Lord and mm -hmm. and um, though he wasn't a believer when Jesus was uh, before he was crucified uh, he became a believer and they talked about the things that he said as being scripture, of course, and as being God-breathed information for us. Yeah. And and it reminded me when I saw that of the passage in John 15 and 16, 17, uh, where he's praying. First, he talks to the disciples and he says, when the helper comes whom I will send to you from the Father, the spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will bear witness about me. And another verse says that uh, he's with you now, but he will be in you in the future. Um, our Lord actually taught that among the disciples. And I'm wondering if James picked up on that when he used it here, that he is 
jealously desiring the spirit which he has made to dwell in us yeah isn't that a parallel yeah and i was thinking too in this study when this was written in early 40s right way before paul kind of uh really presented all these things uh, doctrinally um to um to the cities he was writing to so this they didn't have and that's why we're in so much of the old testament here in in james because um paul hadn't really written i don't think he even written galatians yet um so they didn't they didn't even know i was thinking and it's true someone can correct me but at this time they didn't even know what the church was or they had a very because we remember it's james says in your synagogues and he um james or paul hadn't presented the 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 doctrine of the mystery of the church yet so um and then paul you know if you read paul we you know very well from his and i quoted those verses that yeah the the holy spirit dwells in us and it's very clear but at that point i think roy is what you're saying um jay james could have only gotten that from what he gleaned from from his half brother the lord jesus christ so he was he was uh, that was on his mind i think is what you're saying well it's more than that because john wrote his gospel quite late in yeah. the other gospels but he was alive and he was there and he was talking with james as a as a apostle um and they i think talked about these things before they wrote about these things but one of the things that struck me was that here is our lord jesus saying how much he says you know this is important he's coming and he's going to testify of me um, he actually tells the disciples how much he wants that um, to me that's impressive i look at this yeah. and I, james was not ignorant of that because he was among the disciples or became apostles yeah and listened to those things and he was a leader in jerusalem remember Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. and yeah he had an argument with paul but he in humility submitted under the teaching that god gave through paul and corrected and so there's an awful lot going on here isn't there yeah and especially with this this the indwelling spirit and kind of his uh you could it's a it's a big it's a big subject and it's in <laughs> it's just in this one little verse uh, that we're kind of we're kind of hovering over but um, the important so thing is that he is jealous for us he wants us to know him isn't it yeah yeah um yeah that's great roy um so james um, let me hit james six um just so everyone knows we're not gonna uh, look at verse five for forever um, so we'll move on to James 6. In 
James verse 6 of uh, chapter 4, he says, but he gives greater grace. Therefore, it says, God is opposed to the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Um, so in contrast to quarrels and, and conflicts and lusts and fightings with others and warrings with other groups, as we we found out in James 4, 1, 4, 1 and 2, in, in contrast to that, he's saying, um, God gives great, greater grace or megas charis. Uh, the supply of grace that he gives outweighs or out, outpaces the demand that we have for grace. Um, or for wisdom, for that matter, if you remember James 1.5, um, if any of you lack wisdom, ask, and it will be given to you as generously and without reproach. And it's, pro it's probably the same way with grace. Uh, we ask for it. Um, and it will be given, and we have it actually. Um, it's a it's a done deal. I, the the word for grace has two good definitions. Uh, one that we really are familiar with in this fellowship. It's the undeserved, unmerited favor towards man that God is free to bestow, based on the totally adequate work of of, of Jesus Christ. Or uh, I like the the way Aristotle said it, um, you know, to the non-saved Greeks hundreds of years before um, what we know in Scripture to be grace, it's very similar. And what the the man in the street, Greek, knew about the word charis is it's, it's something or a favor conferred freely with no expectation of return and finds its source in the bounty and free-heartedness of the giver, as Aristotle and uh, Schaefer and Macaulay also give that uh, that uh, alternate uh, definition from Greek literature, and that uh, that emphasizes the the giver. See how that it kind of puts it's the giver who's got this largeness of heart who gives in Aristotle's definition there, um, but it's very similar to. Uh, what we at Holly Hills usually use, and that's uh, definition number one. So the Old Testament source for uh, the quote, God is opposed to the proud, but gives grace to the humble. <laughs> and that is a direct quote. Um, and that's from Psalm 138.6, where it says, For the Lord is exalted, yet he regards the lowly. But the haughty he knows from afar. Or Proverbs 3.34, though he scoffs at the scoffers, yet he gives grace to the afflicted. Um, grace is sourced. Grace comes from God himself, from his very character or essence. Um, so I wouldn't it be against his nature not to give grace generously when asked with correct motives uh, we we have to ask for it with correct motives and but but he's 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 it that comes from him and he gives it freely um let me oh let me close with this uh, quote from hamilton smith here on on this this section and he says the apostle proceeds to show that being behind the friendship of the world 
there lies the pride of the flesh. Desirous of being something, the flesh naturally turns to the world, seeking to find in its riches, its social position, and its honors that which will gratify its craving or his craving for distinction. It is not in vain uh, that scripture warns us against the world and the spirit that dwells in Christians will not lead us to lust after the things of the world. And I've put in some James, um, some verses from James that kind of line up with um, what um, Hamilton Smith is, uh, is, is presenting there. On the contrary, uh, Smith continues, the spirit gives grace to resist the world and the flesh. As it is written, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. If we are content to be little and nothing in this world, there is power and grace to resist the flesh and the world. Uh, and then I'll close with Matthew twenty-three twelve, where Christ says, "Who, whoever exalts himself will shall be humbled, and whoever humbles himself shall be exalted." That lines up really nicely with uh, verse six there. So next week, um, I promise I'll get through. <laughs> okay, that's good. Seven to ten, and it, it makes sense because seven to ten are are kind of a section. He goes into seven commands, right? So we'll look at that. Yeah, that's great. That's good, Andrew. I like it. Yeah, great. Cool. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for hearing me out on that little. Okay, no good. Trail there. Um, so I'll, I'll close in prayer. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for what your word says about your spirit and um, that you sent him into the world and he's in us. And we have that tremendous resources, the dwelling the indwelling God in our hearts and uh, who will, who's more than adequate, more than willing, more than uh, uh, has all the, all the resources we ever need. And all we need to do is, is depend on uh, our, the, the spirit, which dwells us. And we thank you for that. We thank you for salvation for Christ who died on the cross for our sins was buried and he was resurrected and we uh, have the spirit because of that uh, that act and we thank you for all the blessings we have in jesus name amen